Well, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate the opportunity. I really want to thank um, Council President Schmidt and Alder DeMarb and Mark Clear, Alder Clear for talking about having us um, be able to make a formal presentation and begin conversations with the Council about what we do, why we do it, and, um, you know, fill in the blanks for things that we think you probably would like to know about. I'm going to cover a lot of material. Um, there are, is more material we could cover, but we would, um, you know, hope that we'll be doing this on a quarterly basis. So, um, hi, Alder DeMar. I just thank you again for making this possible. Appreciate being here. So this is our agenda. Um, we will go through in our time allotted. We're going to talk about impact from tourism. We're going to talk about uh, the return on your investment in what we do. We're going to talk a little bit about market considerations, a uh, few words about room tax, and then talk about what's next on our horizon so you can see what's coming on and hopefully leave time for uh, question and answers. And we will, um, as you know, all of this material will be made um, uh, available to everyone. We do have packets at each of your seats. The presentation is not in that, but we will get this to the council office who will put it on Legistar. So the first thing we have is a quiz. We want to know how much you know about us and what our industry does. So every year we get um, full year impact. We have not gotten full year impact for 2014. So the question is, do you know in 2013 what was the total spending impact of visitors to Dane County? Any guesses? He better. Under 100 million. Well, you're way off. It's 1.8 billion dollars. Is the answer? Well. Um, Input-output analysis by Oxford Economics, which is a world-renowned company that deals with economics, but we are happy to say, and that is the total spending, so that's when the spending comes and it turns over, but it's $1.8 billion in a single year in our community. Now, the next question is, where does that visitor money get spent? And there are a lot of preconceived notions about where visitors spend their money, so in this quiz slide. On column A, we have the five major sectors of spending, and the right-hand column is percentages. So the highest percentage would be 25%. What do you think the highest the sector is that receives the highest percentage of spending by visitors? Is it food? Who else? Retail? Well, it's food. That's right. Followed closely by lodging and retail, but everyone has to eat. And what you have to think about in terms of lodging is not every single person has their own room. People share rooms, but everybody eats. And so you also have visitors that don't spend the night and some visitors that stay with friends and family. So lodging oftentimes is assumed to be the largest piece of the visitor dollar, but it's not. So food and retail is number one. So then um, in terms of that $1.8 billion, how many jobs does that support in our community? Any thoughts about how many jobs, full-time equivalent jobs, are supported by visitor spending by that $1.8 billion? Any guesses? That's the right answer. It is 19500 And I think what we like about, we love about our industry is it's a wide span of jobs. A lot of people make assumptions about the jobs, but there are jobs that are entry level and become ladders for professions. There are professional jobs. There are accountants and engineers and uh, professional management and owners. 
And so it's a breadth, it's a wonderful industry, and again, all of those ladder opportunities. The other thing about our industry is it oftentimes is never referred to as a job by the people in it because it's a passion. People love working in the hospitality industry, and it's really a passion for many, many people. So we represent Dane County, about 10% of the tourism jobs in the entire state of Wisconsin. Another astounding fact about visitors is how it impacts us as citizens. So if there were, was no visitor spending in the state of Wisconsin, everyone owning, paying property tax would pay another $600 a year in property taxes. So that is the payback that we each get from the visitors that come to our state. And this is really critical for our economy, for our state, for all of us who live here, because that money is then going into the businesses that we all love here, into restaurants, into retail into recreation and transportation, things that we need and want um, is the money that visitor spending is going. Okay, so now I want to talk a little bit about who we are and what we do. So we're going to talk about four primary uh, – oh, I'm sorry. Just out of curiosity, you talked about the $1.8 How much – oh, hello, someone's giving me a voice here. Um, how what, – what percentage – I mean, I don't even know how big the, like, restaurant industry is. So – do you know, like, how, I mean, if you were just talking about, is it 50%, 40%, 30% of, of Well, if you take the, it would be, if you look at those numbers, it was about 25% of visitor spending is spent in food and beverage. And right. so we would have to assume that that's the number. I don't have that exact information right. in front of me. Okay. I mean, just out of curious. I mean, because I'm presuming your argument here is that when visitors come in, it helps keep more restaurants open for us to use. And I was and Absolutely. I'm, and I'm just wondering what um, this is for Dane County in two thousand twelve found that the total payroll okay for all hotels, all rooming houses, motels, all full service and limited service restaurants was 18 million, let me get the notes, let me get this right, it was 195 million 366,000. That's for the entire, the payroll. that is for the entire payroll for right. the entire industry. So, so that's a big number, it's an impressive right. number, say it's 200 million. Right. Uh, of course, tourists make up a small minority of that. To give you some sense of proportion, the total payroll for Dane County, which does not include the public sector, was $9 billion. Okay. So anyway, back to your question about the, whole, the industry as a whole. Um, we would start with that $1.8 billion and look at that 25%. That makes sense? That's fine. Thank you. Okay. So in talking about what the Convention of Visitors Bureau does, so the first thing that we, we are most highly invested in is securing conventions and events for the destination. So we are the primary entity that brings conventions and events into Monona Terrace. We also secure events for Alliant Energy Center, hotels, and other venues. And how do we do this? We are not in a city where we take orders. We are in a position where we need to proactively identify business and qualify business. We have an 18-step process that's involved from the time we make a connection with a person who might be able to help us or an organization, then finding local people who would be involved, putting proposals together, getting information from hotels, facilities, 
putting bid books together, making presentations, bringing the clients here. It's a long process. It's a, it's a relationship-building process, and it takes time, but it is worth it. Now, typically, the cycle is two to three years from the time we begin a conversation and we get a contract. But then you wait another two or three years before the actual event occurs. And so you're looking at a process that's one to six years in most cases from the time we make a connection with that, and they end up showing it up at Monona Terrace for the event. We also provide support, extensive support for existing events. So events like World Dairy Expo, WIAA, Epic User Group meetings, those are not events we brought here, but they use us and we are a big resource for them when they come to town. We handle um, all the housing reservations for Epic, Epic Users Groups. We create welcome posters that we then get distributed throughout the community so that businesses feel welcome. And we also publish for World Dairy Expo and some other events, we publish some of the materials that they use for their exhibits and their international guests. Yes? Now, you do more than Monona Terrace. You do Alliance. You book things for Alliance Center and hotels as well. Yes, I said that. Yes. Okay. Yes. You, you said before they come to Monona Terraces, if that was the only one. But So it's, it's anyone who has uh, exhibition space. Any, who, any? Gets, who gets included in your list of places where people get anyone sick. who contacts us that we can connect with a place where they can hold an event we will accommodate their request okay. so it could be um, they look at B&Bs they look at we have um, places like Kiva and other places around the community we will work with them at placing their event okay. Okay. make sense Okay, so again, we provide extensive uh, support for a lot of existing events that are very important to us. We also work with them on transportation, shuttling, security, um, getting letters of welcome from the mayor, um, finding florists, any way we can connect with them to make a successful event is some, are some of the services that we provide. The next thing we do is making sure we provide information to visitors before and when they arrive on site. And so in your packet is an example of our visitor's guide. We produce two of those a year. That's actually the brand-new one for spring-summer of this year. We produce a map. And then we have a very robust website. We had um, over 1.4 million unique visitors to our website in 2014. The website is visitmadison.com. And it's a, we are also in the midst of developing a new app um, we, our visitor's guide is produced digitally, so if you do, can't find it in print, you can find it digitally. And the other things we do is we work with the Dane County. We staff the Dane County Regional Airport Visitor Information Center. That's a contract with the county. And we also work with the UW Visitor <laughs> Services on making sure that their staff is trained not just on campus information but on destination information so that they can really respond to the guests that come to camp come to campus. And the last thing we do overall is we present and promote Madison as a destination. And we do this through targeted campaigns, we do this through public relations, and we make sure that the message about Madison as a great place is seen well beyond Dane County. In terms of all of the work that we do, how we measure it, I think it's important people know that we have metrics and we report them. The first thing we do is we have contract metrics with you, with the city, and we have contract metrics with Dane County. So the big contract metrics, primary contract me metrics with the city of Madison are the contract revenue for space for business booked at Monona Terrace, earned media from our public relations efforts, 
and what is the direct spending impact of the business that we're generating. We also, for the Dane County, they are interested in making sure we have qualified leads that we are bringing to them and for our dedicated salesperson so that we're bringing qualified business to the Alliant Energy Center. Now, those are our contract metrics. We have a myriad of internal metrics that we use for production for our team. We look at the number of conventions and events we are contracting. We count the number of room nights that we are generating. We look at all of our sales production activities, so how many site visits people bring, how many bid books we send out, because the production numbers lead to the business. And so we have to make sure that the team members are doing their sales production levels and work on a daily basis. We also track things like social media, web metrics, and email effectiveness. And we also have a retention rate for our private sector partners, which we have 500, over 500. And in 2014, we had a 92% retention rate of those businesses that continue to invest in what we do. And that's a very high retention rate for businesses that we're in. So if you take all that activity, the securing the conventions, the working with existing events, following our metrics, it's really the results that I would love to share with you in terms of what we have generated this does not include things like World Dairy Expo and WIA, but the business that we generated in 2014 will bring $54.9 million in direct spending to this destination. This also includes the Sports Commission's work. So this is the Convention and Visitors Bureau and the Sports Commission. So the contracts that we booked and the business that we worked on and generated for the future in 14 will bring about $55 million into our destination. And that translates into then a 13 to 1 ratio of the money that you've invested into what we do and what we are generating. And again, remember that this number does not include those events that we are servicing like World Dairy Expo and WIAA. We do not track those numbers. We don't have access to those numbers. They don't go through a central booking house. So we have to think about this is new money. This is importing cash into our destination. And again, very high return on investment, a 13 to 1 investment in the money that you've invested in us. So we have to say, again, this is the money that's going to the restaurants, the retails, lodging, the attractions, other things. If you think about it, our residential population could never support the number of great restaurants that are in this community. Visitors make the difference in what we have to enjoy here in our own destination. Yes. We consider a visitor anyone that comes here out of the ordinary of doing their everyday business. And so someone that would not be coming here making a, just a general visit to Madison, there's a reason. And I'm going to talk in a minute about what, what we call our drivers and the visitors that come here. So what drivers are, why people are coming here. In Destination 2020, which we conducted in 2008, these were identified by the hundreds of people that we surveyed. These are the reasons people are coming here. And when we call them drivers, it means these are the reasons people made a decision to visit Madison. Number one is they have some reason to come to the university. Could be a sports event, could be visiting, could be a conference, could be someone speaking. The next driver are the events that are held at Monona Terrace and the Alliant Energy Center. And then you get into state capital business, corporate business, outdoor recreation, lakes, medical and health centers, which is 
a very important sector, and then, of course, festivals and sports events. So these are the top reasons why people make decisions to come here. In your computation of uh, inflow of money, are you taking credit for the football games, conferences, um, people here on grants? The $54.9 million that we talk about? Yeah. In our business? No. The business, $54.9 million is business that we have contracted for the, for the organization. We don't contract UW football. That business is not. So that business, the business that we don't, that we don't take credit for, that's part of the other $1.8 billion. That is not part of what we report in terms of what we've contributed. Okay? Okay. So how do we take advantage of these reasons? So what we do is, the first thing we do is our sales team, which is our convention sales team, which is the largest part of our organization, we strategically deploy them. Based on our resources, we are not trying to do a shotgun approach and go after every market that we know. What we do is we look very strategically at what are the drivers in our community that will attract people here, who do we have experts in, and what will draw people here? Where will we get the highest ROI? And so we have our sales team deployed in the following markets, education, environment, science, engineering, healthcare and life sciences, agriculture, hobby shows, sports, and athletic events. It doesn't mean we wouldn't talk to someone who has a sorority or a fraternity or some other market. If they contact us, we certainly will respond to them. But we do not actively deploy people. These are the markets we deploy people in. So it's these areas where they go to trade shows, meet clients, and cultivate people here in our market, which is one of the next programs we do, which is called Bring Your Meeting Home. Because Madison's not a household name in most boardrooms when they are making convention site selection decisions, we are not a household name. We almost always need someone here in the community to be part of our bid. And so if we're looking at an environmental group, we find someone engaged in that entity. A good example is we're working on booking the North American Association of Environmental Education. It's a large convention. But we need people who are in that universe of environmental education to be part of our bid so they can say, this will work in Madison. You will find what you need. And so our Bring Your Meeting Home program is very successful. And last year, you actually helped us recognize 37 citizens who stepped up to work with us to bring major conventions here. So it's a very important part of our programs. Another um, strategic approach we're taking, uh, we got into this a few years ago, and we're, we're sort of refreshing it because one of the cities we worked with wasn't able to continue to participate, is what's called a co-opetition agreement. So we have found two other very like cities that are like us in terms of size, scope, reputation. They have great universities, and we work with them, and we leverage our sales force, they leverage their sales forces. We work together, and the two cities are Providence, Rhode Island, where Brown University is, and Spokane, Washington, where Gonzaga is. They, both have, they all have good basketball teams, so do we. It's a good thing. But they're great cities. We will. We will. But they're great cities, and we align beautifully. And so what happens is when the Providence... Rhode Island sales team is out at a trade show where we may not be there. They will also talk about us and vice versa, and we will share leads, 
And the other piece we do is we try to find groups where they are rotating around the country and they may need an East Coast, Midwest, and West Coast site, is we can offer them a three-city agreement for a multiple-year agreement, and we could each piece of book a piece of business. And so um, we're very excited about the relationship. We had just had an event with them in December in Washington, D.C. was very successful. We had 35 national clients. It was very successful. Last thing is we have leisure marketing initiatives. And leisure marketing refers to, um, we usually look at a four- or five-hour drive radius from Madison, and it's people who are looking for things to do in their free time. So it's families, it's couples, it's girls' getaway. And we do have several leisure marketing um, promotions that are go on. And what we do is we wrap those promotions around our greatest assets and that's either attractions or festivals and events. So last year, our first summer event started on Memorial Day weekend with Bratfest and things that were happening on Memorial Day, and then we wrapped these leisure marketing uh, promotions around fun things. We just had our Hotel Week promotion, which tied in with Valentine's Day and the President's Weekend. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about sports. We knew about 15 years ago that we were not proactively going after the sports market, and we sort of watched all these other cities getting into this, into this market. We were limited, limited by resources, but we thought we need to think about this. We knew that Madison had this huge appetite for sports, huge Badgers, WIAA. We had the great ESPN, great outdoor games. There were a lot of things that went really well, but we weren't proactively pursuing this business. And so what we did was we did, started to do a lot of research, and we found one of the beauties of the sports industry, amateur sports particularly, is that when 2008 and 2009 came, it was much more recession-proof than other business we were pursuing. Because what we, what we witnessed around the country was people may not go on a vacation, but they will take their kids to their hockey tournament. They will go to their soccer tournament, or somebody wants to run in a marathon, will go run in a marathon. And so it was much more recession-proof business, and we thought this is another reason between the appetite and the interest the city has in sports, the support for the sports that we have, the facts that it's recession-proof, we knew that we had an opportunity in this market. Um, we also learned, though, that Events rights holders, the people that own events or put on events, really prefer to work with sports commission experts than they do with convention and visitors bureaus. They don't necessarily think convention and visitors bureaus understand their business as much as, a, as people with expertise in a sports commission or a sports authority. And so we thought we need to be intentional about this and build a sports commission. And so about five years ago, the same year we hosted the U.S. Transplant Games, we formally launched the Sports Commission. We drafted people, bad word, but bad pun, we drafted people for the board who were, had sports expertise and who would sit on our board and help guide us. And we also recruited a gentleman from Yakima, Washington, with their Sports Commission, Jamie Patrick, who came to help us lead and build this, um, this entity. And it was launched with the support from Middleton, Fitchburg, Verona, and Dane County. And we're very happy with the first grant that the city made has made for 2015 to the Sports Commission, getting the city of Madison engaged. And the city of Sun Prairie also just signed a contract with us. And so right now it's a publicly funded entity, and um, we, the results have been great. Sports has accounted for $11.5 million of that $54.9 million in direct spending for future business. And so the sports... The Sports Commission has been very, very successful. 
want to talk a little bit about competition, about market conditions. So we often get asked, who do we compete against? We are in an interesting situation because we compete against different cities depending on the business. In terms of state association and state business, we oftentimes are competing against the Dells and Milwaukee, sometimes Green Bay, La Crosse, and Grand, and Grand Geneva. When we talk about regional business and national business, that's when we get into competing with cities that are much larger than we are, Chicago, Minneapolis, Columbus, and we also compete with cities such as Des Moines and Omaha. But we... We sometimes even get pushed to the point where we're competing with cities much further outside our region, like Portland. This um, environmental education group I was talking to is interested in there. It's down to Pittsburgh and us. And so, again, we're, we're in an arena that is bigger than we are, but much has to do with what we have to offer in this city. It's the critical mass of education, intellect, as well as facilities and reputation. And so we find ourselves competing with cities oftentimes much larger than we are. In terms of the perception of Madison, this is what we deal with on a daily basis in terms of telling our story, because, again, we're not a household name, and not pe meeting planners don't know a lot about who we are, and so we have to paint pictures about who we are. So things they're interested in are such as our hotel package. We know we've had a lot of conversation about the hotel package associated with Monona Terrace, but trying to get another hotel to support Monona Terrace and to help us grow the business, sustain and grow the business at Monona Terrace. Our competition has many, oftentimes has better hotel packages than we do. We also have a hotel package that has a mix of uh, well-known brands and independent brands that people from out of town are unfamiliar with. And so we also have to make sure people understand what is a concourse, what is an Edgewater, because they're unfamiliar with the standards or what they can expect in those hotels. Jeff, I just have a quick question. If you flip back a page, I thought I heard you say that we're competing and many times competing with cities that are larger than us because of who we are. Yes. And But then now you're saying that we're not a household name. So... I'm sure you're talking about different groups, but I'm, I didn't make that transition with you. So could you explain Good that to question. me? Good question. Great clarification. When we get to a situation where we are competing in a piece of business, when we are at this place, they know more about us because we have established a level of understanding. What happens is they then have to sell the convention to their attendees, and that's where it's not, in the consumer world. Madison's not a household name as a convention destination. You know, if you it, it, probably if you survey people around the country, they've heard of Madison. Most people know it's a state capital. They know there's a university, but consumers would not think of it the same way as they might think if your association said we're going to San Diego for our convention. They have more of a sense of what they will find. They do not have that sense in terms of Madison, and so that's where we have to spend a lot of time and awareness building. But when we get to these groups, because we have such stature in these associations with well-known people in our community, we get to the table, but we typically are the smallest city at the table. Does that help? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Thank okay. you. Thank you for asking. I'm glad you asked that question. So we talk about um, perception in terms of hotel package. Then we talk about um, airlift. Airlift is often a conversation, you know, that we um, uh, people are concerned about airlift. Frankly, in our world, it is not a huge obstacle. We do not get a lot of pushback in terms. World Dairy Expo comes in every year with 60,000 people. It's accommodated. Um, with the growth of Delta and the, the new larger planes that United's bringing here, for a market our size, 
we are actually in a very good situation. Not that we wouldn't want more. We would. We would love more. But in a market our size, if you compare us around the country, we have some of the best air service and airport in this country. I think the thing we can all do is make sure we fly out of here. The minute all of us start going to Milwaukee and Chicago, that's when we get in trouble. And so it's really incumbent upon all of us to make sure we do what we can to keep the air service here that we have. Weather, weather is certainly something we can't control. What we can do, all we can do is make sure that we put our best foot forward and make sure people can embrace winter with us. We actually, um, we've had some of our most success in the last couple of years in booking winter business at Monona Terrace. We have a new piece of business that's coming annually in February that used to be up north, the Wisconsin School Counselors Association. We just had the American Boulder Series indoor climbing event in Monona Terrace. So there is business for the winter. We just have to locate it. We have to find it. We have to sell it. And it's the city's a better value in the winter. So we don't ignore it. We put our best foot forward, and we do everything we can to bring business here. The other part about weather is when we think about this hotel conversation is um, the, the experts that did the study for the hotel near Monona Terrace was they said make sure your hotel is not more than 1,200 feet from Monona Terrace. Well, this weather piece, that's another justification for putting a hotel there is that you're putting people close so they aren't blocks and blocks and blocks away when you have inclement weather. So it's another good reason to support the idea for a hotel. Um, last but not least are resources. And uh, with our new contract with the city, we are starting to inch our way closer to where our competitors are, and we are thrilled about that. It is going to, when the money starts, we get ramped up because that takes some time. We are going to be able to start moving into some things that we haven't been able to do and sustain some things. But we have to always remember who we're competing against. So our budget this year will be about $4 million. Uh, Milwaukee's is over 8 and the Dells is over $11 million. And so that's who we're competing against in terms of how many times we get in front of customers, how many times the word about Madison gets out, um, and what they're able to do that we are unable to do. So what we do is work very wisely to make sure we invest your money well. Next thing is a quick primer about room tax. This is a, a diagram that the Wisconsin Hotel and Lodging Association puts together. It's really about the cycle of room tax and the whole concept that when you charge room tax, you want to reinvest it so it regenerates itself. And the city, although the city of Madison's not part of this formula because it's grandfathered out, the concept is that municipalities that collect the tax will invest 70% into tourism, promotion, and development and retain 30%. So the more you can grow that room tax, the more that 30% provides to the municipality that's collecting it. So it's a very simple formula. And this information, I believe, is in your packet. In terms of um, how does room tax differ from property tax, it's paid by overnight guests that stay in hotels less than 30 days. If you stay over 30 days, you are no longer considered a transient guest. It's regulated by the state government, and the funds are to be used for tourism marketing, tourism information, and tourism development. Um, again, you'll find that information in your packet um, that the Hotel and Lodging Association provides you. So what's next for what we're working on? Um, the term we use, the first term we use is product development. That's really about visitor infrastructure. We are paying a lot of attention to things that are going on in our market in terms of what will make this destination an even better place for people to visit. Obviously, the Judge Doyle Square conversation, the hotel, we are 
very deeply involved in the conversations about the reimagining and revisioning of the Alliant Energy Center and the surrounding area around the Alliant Energy Center, and even uh, projects like the Garver Feed Mill. There are a couple of the um, proposals that have some really interesting attributes which would be interesting to visitors and help activate that part of our city. And we also are playing, paying attention to things like signage, um, the public restrooms that Alder Palm's been working on, um, wayfinding. Those things all have – the voice of the visitor sometimes gets forgotten, and we want to make sure the voice of the visitor is in those conversations. We care about those things. And so as other things come up and you don't see us present and you think we should be, please let us know, because we want to make sure that we are doing and bringing you data and information that will help you know what the visitor <laughs> needs and the visitor wants. We also are going to be uh, embarking on what we're calling um, a destination um, visioning project. We conducted one in 2008. It has been the cornerstone for all of our decisions in terms of the data that we've gleaned, what we've collected from visitors and people here. And we will be calling on all of you to be part of that presentation or that project, and we hope you will participate. It will probably take us a year. Um, we're putting the RFP together to hire the contractor who will conduct the work. Um, it's very in-depth. It has many layers. We'll be doing uh, probably charrettes and uh, focus groups, et cetera. So we will make sure that we call on all of you so we can think about what will this destination, what do we need to look like in 20 years? What do we need to make sure we're successful? Um, I will go back one thing on product development. Another project that we paid attention to is the South Capital Transit-Oriented Development Conversation, the whole idea about the lake and John Nolan and what could happen there. That is one of our centerpieces of our community are our lakes, and we really hope that attention gets paid to what can be done with Law Park and what can be designed to make that not just great for visitors but also for residents. Also, um, well, our next conversation. So our next conversation, we hope we're going to be coming back here on a quarterly basis, and we want to hear from you what you'd like to hear from us. We talked to Alder Schmidt and Alder DeMar about this first presentation, and we, we, we all agreed let's start sort of at a strategic level. Let's sort of talk macro things, but we're happy to drill down into more details in the future. Um, we do present to the Monona Terrace Board on a quarterly basis all of our performance measures for the quarter, and so that information is available to you, but we are happy to provide that to you if you're interested in that. The other things we'd love to talk to you about, we'd love to talk to you more about the Sports Commission so you can understand more about what is going on with the Sports Commission. Um, and also understanding that tourism is a catalyst for economic development and how do we connect the dots and make sure the city's economic development Department is working with us and we working with them and with the Economic Development Committee. So we're, we are doing all we can to bring new money into this community that will help all of us and help our city. So that's all I have to say, but I'd be happy to answer some questions. And thank you. Any questions? Yes. We are. Okay. All right, thanks. Uh, well, first, thanks, Deb, for being here. Moreover, for all that you and the CVB do for our community. I, I had two kind of random Thank questions. You. The first okay. is if we have time. Uh, as you know, tonight the resolution uh, um, agreeing to the grant for the first membership, if you will, in the Sports Commission is being introduced and will be at our next council meeting. If we have the time, could you just maybe summarize quickly what that contract entails, specifically as I was looking at this nice 
year in review for last year, and I look at the membership of the um, Sports Commission Board, and you mentioned that they all are athletes or some sort of athletic interest. Am I pr pr presuming correctly, and I have not looked at the contract, even though I'm sure it's in our legislature system, uh, that the City of Madison will have a seat at the table formally, and, and I'm sure there are a lot of alders here that are more athletically inclined and interested, perhaps, <laughs> than I, but, but is that memorialized and codified in the contract that well, we would have? Well, we, we've talked about it. I think the issue is, because it's a one-year grant, we weren't sure it made sense and that we're already a quarter into the year whether there would be someone representing the city. But if we get into a multi-year agreement, because those other cities that have representation have a multi-year agreement, but certainly you're welcome to come to the meetings. But it's not codified, it's not codified in the agreement. Correct, Diane? That is correct. And we had that discussion with Greg. Okay. It's not in the CDD contract. And we can obviously continue the conversation Abs on that at the board Absolutely. of on Monday. Absolutely. Were there any other aspects of the agreement that you wanted to cover since we have some time now? Um, no, it we, um, it's, um, it's just basically, it's, it mirrors the other, uh, municipal contracts we have with the other cities. And so it, um, it's less, um, uh, it doesn't have metrics and things associated with it because it's a one-year grant, as our city contract does. But as we develop another contract, we'll have those sort of conversations with the city. It's really, just making sure that the city understands it's investing in the overall operations of the Sports Commission. Now, the thing that people have to understand, the Sports Commission budget is about $500,000, but the work of the Sports Commission is much greater than that because the Convention and Visitors Bureau really subsidizes it. And so there's not a separate accounting team for the Sports Commission. There's not ex We allocate resources from the Convention and Visitors Bureau, and the Sports Commission reimburses the Convention and Visitors Bureau um, so we can have efficiencies. And so we want the city to understand that um, its investment helps the Sports Commission, but the Sports Commission really is still sort of a sister organization and is very dependent on the Convention and Visitors Bureau. And, and so as a follow-up on that score, are the other local governments that have agreements with the Sports Commission currently multi-year? Yes, with the exception of Sun Prairie, but they don't have a position on the board either. But Middleton, Fitchburg, and Verona are now on their second, third-year agreements with us. Okay, very good. And then a uh, not unrelated question, but, but off the Sports Commission topic per se, just curious, when you talk about room taxes in Wisconsin, how does our tax rate compare to other communities like, say, Milwaukee or the Dells? We are um, slightly below um, Milwaukee, the Dells. Uh, the highest cities right now are Milwaukee. Frankly, not the Dells, but they have the premier resort sales tax, too, so it's a little confusing. They have, they have multiple taxes that we don't have. But Oshkosh is at 10%. Green Bay is at 10%. Milwaukee's is a little higher than ours. Um, we're in the top tier, um, but there are a few cities that it's higher. Including Milwaukee and the Dells? Yes. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Jeff. Sure. You're welcome. I thought we're capped at nine. Well, it's it's questionable because Oshkosh and Green Bay went above the nine. They're at ten. Is it, do they have some kind of loophole, like a business or entertainment district that they? I don't think so. Oh, you're ten.
I don't think so. It's an interesting it's a, it's an interesting conversation that none of us have quite figured out. But really, um, it had, they both ex they both expanded their convention centers, and so we think that there was some way that they finessed. Um, the increase to deal with the bonding for their authority for the convention I think so well thank you all very much again thank you for the opportunity we really appreciate it so much thank you Deb. you're welcome have a great meeting